Hello, everybody. Oh, hi. Oh, sexy phone voice. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Welcome to I'm Good Actually, the podcast where a series and a half in, we still don't know what we're doing. (laughs) (laughs) Yay, us. We've just had to restart this because I fucked up. (laughs) We actually got what? I reckon that was like a good six minutes into the intro and then you realised that you weren't recording on your microphone again. Yes, I'm really (laughs) good at this. Yeah, it's all good though. You know what? We make unprofessionalism sexy. We do. Do you know what? I'm going to go with that. How was your week? It was good. I can't really remember what. I can't really remember much of what I did during the week. Oh, I went to my. I went out with my mates and had dinner at their house. That was really nice. And then this weekend, I got a little bit drunk on Saturday night. Um, it was my one of my best friend and co-workers. 50th birthday so we had a big party up at the festival office and i drank enough rum to kill a pirate um <laughs> i think it's been till 11 a.m on sunday so hey yay i must admit when i uh briefly said yesterday that we didn't have to record the intro because i think you were a walking corpse i was um I didn't hear back from Mia and I thought, it's okay, don't panic. She still loves you. She's just hungover. Uh, and then I did what I always do and stalked you on Find My iPhone because I messaged yeah. Mia this morning at 10 a.m. to check she was alive and I didn't get a response. So I looked on Find My iPhone and it must have not refreshed because it did say you were still at the place you was at oh, on Saturday no. night. And I was like, I was like, if she's still there, like 48 hours later, she's dead like she is literally someone's burying her as we speak and then it updated and said you was at home and I was like thank god for that <laughs> she's alive it wouldn't be hard to bury a body up there we've got a like massive quarry pit you can just chuck them in and go under the water oh cool that's good to know mm, it's handy love that for us yeah um what about you how's your week been um last week was a shit show yeah um just for various reasons it was just work was a nightmare mm-hmm. so i'm really busy at the moment just loads of other crap going on uh which didn't leave me feeling that great i had a panic attack at london bridge station yes, you did. Was so embarrassing. i'm glad you can laugh about it now yeah. it was literally like the most english interaction because <laughs> As I was coming home on Monday night, I was like, I'd been feeling like on the brink of a panic attack all day. And then as I was walking through the station, I was thinking like, I felt really short of breath. And like, you know, when, like, when you try and breathe deeply and I couldn't, and I was yeah. thinking, oh, don't have a fucking panic attack. And then I was thinking, okay, like, I can't breathe. I'm having a panic attack. So I just walked up to a man that worked there and I tapped him on the arm and I went, hello, excuse me. I'm really sorry. I can't breathe. <laughs> and he went, what? And I just literally like lost it and went like hysterical because I couldn't breathe. <laughs> you didn't tell me this part. <laughs> oh, did I not? I thought I did. Um, and then it was really nice. There was a woman that was walking past that stopped and said to the guy, what's the matter with her? And he was literally like, I don't fucking know what's <laughs> happening here. And then she said to me, you having a panic attack? And I just nodded. And then she held both my hands and made oh, me look in her, her eyes. And I kept, because I was like panicking, I kept looking away and she was like, look at me, look at me. And then she was like, just breathe and she in the end I was like staring at her and then she made me breathe with her and then I kind of was okay oh that's so kind and then she just wandered off into the night and I was like she saved my life and then I said to the guy I'm really sorry and he was literally like it's okay but I think the whole time he was just like what is happening (laughs) what has happened here Oh, it's not often you get like a kindly stranger on London transport. I know. I think she could tell that the guy was just like, she just, this girl just came out of nowhere and started screaming. (laughs) Imagine being him, just some fucking random girl coming up to you and going, excuse me, I can't breathe. I know. It's just, I think I said it really normally and he went, what? And then I think because I kind of said it out loud, it made it happen, if you know what I mean. And I was just, and then I couldn't say anything after that. He was just like, are you okay? And he was just kind of looking at me like, (laughs) and I was just looking at him like, I can't breathe. And he was like, who are you? You wasn't here 10 seconds ago. And now you're literally screaming in my face. Yeah, so that was fun. Was this not all because your train had been cancelled as well? Or is that a different night? No, wasn't I trying to get back to record with you to do something? 
and then I've just missed my train. And then, to be fair, there was one like 18 minutes later, so it wasn't the end of the world. But I was just like, like so much stuff had happened that day that would have warranted a panic yeah. attack. And then that was just the one thing that didn't matter that took yeah. me over the edge. If you know what well, I mean. it's that shaken bottle of Coke thing, isn't it? Like the more you shake yeah. it, eventually it's got to come out yeah. somewhere. And it's always at the most ridiculous yeah. things. Oh, yeah. well, I'm um, glad this week so far by 9pm on Monday anyway is going better yeah so that was and Mia was very kind because I was just in a bit of a state after that and that was when we were supposed to record wasn't it so we didn't um and that was why we missed last week so sorry I was having a full-blown mental breakdown but (laughs) I'm here now (laughs) she made it through that's what matters yeah I did yeah yeah um so yeah that pretty much set the tone of my week but I had a quite an exciting day yesterday (laughs) tell me more So, because I was hungover and we were talking about The Sims the other day, I thought <gasps> I'd have a little go of it. And I downloaded Wicked Whims <laughs> and it almost gave me a fucking stroke. Honestly. Uh, so, for those of you who don't know, who aren't like total Sims nerds like me, or as I'm slowly morphing Morsh into fully, um, Wicked Whims <laughs> is a mod that you can download that basically your sims can get totally naked there's none of the like pixelation over them but also there's these like crazy sex animations where they just have full animalistic like filthy kinky sex and it is hilarious it's literally like watching porn it's literally like watching porn right isn't it and i i literally was like clutching my pearls when it happened because i wasn't even expecting it <laughs> like i downloaded it and kind of forgot and then i was like yeah i'm a bit bored now i'm going to have a baby yeah um and and then they started and then it came up like wicked and I was like oh that must be that wicked whims thing let's give it a go and then when it happened I was like (laughs) the best is when they just like they're out for a walk and then he just starts like licking her out and spanking her on a fucking park bench it's like what do you mind guys I know so a little bit later because I didn't realize it makes them just do it on their own as well like you don't have to force that interaction they just do it and I I think they went to a bar for like half the hour and then I, I remember I was like she ordered like a drink or something so I was like actually I'm quite thirsty so I left the game playing and I got up to make myself a drink and when I come back they were just like on the terrace of the bar like in broad daylight like 69 in standing up and I was like what is happening I've just been to happy hour it was I mean, horrible. Honestly, that's the most relatable thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. <laughs> One drink and I'm stand up 69 in. <laughs> but literally all day today, I've had like, you know, like, you know when you've done something bad yeah. and you kind of got a memory and I kept thinking, like, I felt like I had like low level anxiety, like I'd been caught doing something like really awful. And then I kept remembering it was that. And I was like, oh my God, I feel like really dirty. It <laughs> is literally sometimes like you were raised Catholic, like your prudishness <laughs> comes out in the weirdest places. <laughs> It's so weird, isn't it? Because I'm like, I feel like I spend 90% of my life the complete opposite of a prude. And then 10% of it, I'm like, that is disgusting. (laughs) I can't deal with it. Well, actually talking about um, uncomfortable sexual interactions, I have got something to ask you. Have you seen the TikTok of or the video of Harry Styles and Emily Ratajkowski? Yes, I have. And I'm very upset about it. Are you as upset as me? And is the main reason because Harry Styles looks like he's a really bad kisser. Yes, that is the only reason I'm upset about it. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm always jealous if he's not kissing me. But I've learned to accept it because... Yeah, reality. um, Yeah, that's that's the only reason I'm upset about it. Because it is literally the most awful kiss I've ever seen in my life. And it's oh, not on brand for him. He hasn't got the personality of someone that it's kisses a bad badly. Kisser. It's so weird. Although I, I am enjoying that Emily is now basically the female Pete Davidson. She's been through so many men in the past like three months. It's incredible. Good luck to her as well. Like oh, fuck literally, yeah. she's oh, she's cleaning up with some of the men as well. Seriously, she's, I mean, she's got good. Oh, sorry, she punched the microphone. <laughs> Yeah, but to be fair, look at her. It's just not going to be hard to pull whatever man you want if you're her, is it? Do you know what? I I refuse to believe he's a bad kisser. I feel like it might be her. Maybe it's her that's the bad kisser. But I feel like a good kisser can overpower a bad kisser. It's a bad kiss. It's so awkward. But then that means both of them must be bad. Which just ruins all of my bisexual dreams. (laughs) 
yeah, you're really fucked with that one. At least it's only bad for like, I'm telling you one bad bit of it for me, not two. Imagine, imagine being a third in that threesome. It'd be so fucking disappointing looking at that kiss. It's just the way he's like holding her arm like to his chest. It's so weird. Yeah, the whole, the positioning, everything about it is weird. But part of me is like, do you really think it's him and her? Yeah. Do you? I don't yeah. know if it is. Although I then saw another TikTok and when he played Paris, when he was still with Olivia Wilde, Emily Ratajkowski was literally next to Olivia Wilde at the show. I know. I love that <laughs> so much. such a ball of I move. love that. Why does everyone hate Olivia Wilde? Because she screwed over like the nicest man in Hollywood. Oh, baby Ted Lasso. Exactly. Yeah, true. So, yeah. yeah. How could you be horrible to Ted Lasso? And also her entire life during the filming of Don't Worry Darling doesn't exactly sound like she's the best person, does it? Yeah. Plus, she just looks like, don't you think? She's just got a face that just screams total bitch. I wouldn't have been friends with her at school because she'd have been bullying me at school. Yeah. So so would I. (laughs) I've been bullying me at school. Yeah. (laughs) You absolutely would as well. I would. I would have. I'm sorry. But everyone always thinks I've got a face that just looks like I'm a total bitch. And then they talk to me for five minutes and go, oh, you're not that bad, actually. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Thanks. No, I don't. You might randomly pull a face, but I mean this with so much love. You're not quiet for long enough to anyone think you're for anyone to think you're a bitch because the minute you open your mouth, you are so loud and outgoing and friendly. Like, and I genuinely meant <laughs> yeah. that in a nice way. I, I remember the first time I ever met you was when I walked into our friend's party and I knew you was going to be there. And I said to my ex, so and so, so I don't know why I'm saying so and so. Like I can't remember your name, <laughs> Mia, um, is going to be there. And I've and he was like, oh, that's nice. And I was like, I don't know what she's going to be like in real life. I can't work out if she's going to be a bitch or not. And then I remember walking into the party and seeing you. And, and I obviously get social anxiety. So when I saw you were there, I was a bit like, oh, I'm scared. I don't want to go and say hello. And then I just heard this wail. And then before I had a chance to turn around, you had literally run from the other side of the room and launched yourself on me. and was like, oh, shit, I'm so happy to meet you. And literally within three seconds of you landing on me I was like everything that I thought you might be was completely wrong and there was not one bitchy bone in your body I knew that immediately that's a very on-brand meeting for me yeah it's cute I think that's our cute first meeting any other goss or should we get crackalacking don't think so still off the apps had the bit of a desire to download them the other day um because I was just feeling a bit shitty and then I realized the only reason I'm doing that is to try and get those mini dopamine hits and attention from men. And that ain't healthy. So no, and I didn't. So I'm still staying strong. Well done, Mia. It's all clap. Thank you, everybody. Thank you very much. I hope everyone who's listening is like <laughs> clapping in their cars right now. Oh my God. I really hope that happens. Not that I would ever know, but I would be so happy if people clapped along with me. I think we'll feel it. We'll know. We'll sense it. There'll be a shift in the universe. <laughs> I mean, there'll be so many people listening to us and clapping all at the same time. It will sound like thunder. Oh my God, it'll, be like the, it'll be like the NHS clap for the NHS thing again. <laughs> <laughs> clap for whole... me uh, keeping her legs closed for once. <laughs> I haven't had sex with a single toxic man this month. Can we all just like appreciate that for a second? That's fucking good going. Have you had sex this month? Yeah, just not with a man. <laughs> oh, love that. Yeah. That's good. Thanks. We're not, we're not going to talk about how jealous I am, but fine. Let's just move on from that. Anyway. <laughs> the closest I've got to sex this month is Wicked Whims, Mia. <laughs> <laughs> and even then I feel really dirty, like I need a shower afterwards. <laughs> Genuine question. Did you get a little bit turned on? No, I was literally <laughs> like, I'm going to be in so much trouble if anyone finds out that I've downloaded this. Okay, then tell them about your housemate walking in. Oh my god! So I was, I was playing it in the front room, and then my, I, there was doing some madness, <laughs> and then my housemate walked in the front room to make a cup of tea, and I like slammed the laptop lid shut, like I was actually watching porn, and like she couldn't even see the laptop screen anyway. And then I kind of waited for her to finish and then opened it really gingerly. Like, what are they doing now? And they were doing anal, I think. 
<laughs> they love a bit of anal. This was like the Sims version of when I went on that Findom website. I was thinking the exact same thing. Uh, I'm not having very many good like sexual interactions, am I, this year? <laughs> <laughs> not online, not on the computer anyway, no. A friend of mine actually mentioned that. Um, she, was, she listened to that episode the other day and she said she was actually crying laughing at that Findom story. <laughs> so... <laughs> it is the best you know what i'm so glad i did it because just for the storytelling it was it's great brilliant. it's so on brand it was a vibe anyway should we get on with the episode yeah we shall all right then okay see you, see you later see you in a minute see, see you in a second see, <laughs> what is wrong with us we're gonna start talking now this week we are talking friendships when you're single Mm -hmm. friendships sort of ebb and flow like all relationships and take some effort to keep them funky fresh i don't know why i said that um funky fresh fresh. um (laughs) but i think there's a real shift in friendships when one of you is in a relationship the other one's single one of you's married the other one is very much not married i think it really changes the way that friendships exist yeah do you agree (laughs) I do agree and I think it's almost worse might not be the right word but the change is a lot more obvious when you both start off in the same situation and then one situation changes I feel like if you like got a new friend that was already married when you met them Mm -hmm. you kind of when you're learning about each other and like you're doing the whole new friendship thing that is part of what you're learning about so I think the adjustment obviously just isn't there it's yeah. the biggest adjustment is when like someone's situation changes and that's what's like I feel like that's the hardest thing yeah I think you're right especially if, like, if you go if you both go from being in relationships or if you're both in relationships one of you single or both mm. of you are single and then one of you gets married yeah I yeah. think you're right that is like a huge shift because your whole dynamic before that has either been like we've both got boyfriends and we hang out all together or we're yeah. both single hot messes and how dare you be happy without me <laughs> <laughs> which is, which exactly is what how i feel about us. you <laughs> literally if either of us get a boyfriend we're gonna have it's gonna be like it's it's gonna be a drama yeah well it's gonna be like a custody battle between the new boyfriend and the other one of us yeah it will be hard but i think it's always hard it doesn't matter like it's not saying that like you're bad like your friendship is bad because it can't survive it i think yeah. it's just an adjustment and i think there's always going to be problems and it's just one of those things mm-hmm. i think a lot of it would be i think that comes from both sides as well because like for me i would be really like hyper aware that i don't want to be like i don't want to come across as like spiteful or jealous or like all of that stuff and I think from their side they wouldn't want to be like rubbing your nose in it and it's like what can you talk about what can't you talk about Mm. like it's it's I think it is like a real hard thing to go through and it's no one's fault like I said from both sides it's hard yeah it's it's actually now I think about it it's actually a really fucking shit situation isn't it (laughs) (laughs) oh no why do you have to do that (laughs) she is not emotionally strong enough to be thinking this deeply today Oh, I'm having an existential crisis. Uh oh, <laughs> another one. You do another this every one. week. That's just what I this know. podcast. At this point, yeah, it yeah. Is. I think it becomes like more noticeable in your thirties as well. Like I think when you're younger, even if like your mates get in relationships, you're sort of still living the same kind of life. Like you're still mm. sort of doing the same thing. I mean, I wasn't, but we'll get to that later. Um, you mm. know you still you still go out together you still do your thing but now we've hit our 30s it's like you know we've got friends who are like saving for a mortgage or mm. like their wedding and it's all a lot more like adult and then in a way it can sort of feel like we're just the children that haven't got there yeah. yet like running around being chaos yeah. and it's like it's almost like it's really hard and I'm not saying that any of our friends do this at all but in my head quite often I'm like oh god they must just think what the fuck is she doing with her life like yeah fit in and sort your shit out but I think they do think that but I don't think they understand that we also think that too we're literally (laughs) Literally. every day I wake up and I'm like oh my god what am I doing with my life and it's horrible um it's probably unfair to say that our friends don't understand that we also feel like that they probably do but this is just going to be full of disclaimers isn't it being like (laughs) we're not being horrible about our friends we're just talking about it because we're not there's nothing we say that's like a dig at our friends it's I think the the beginning of this what we said has hit it on the head and it's just it's a hard thing to navigate for everyone involved yeah and it is just one of those things that you kind of have to muddle through it right 
Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. disclaimer up top. We love you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't yeah, take do. this personally. Because it's not. <laughs> yeah. Do you agree? Like, it's harder. Like, now we've hit our 30s. Like, you know, you've got friends that have been with their partners since they were in their early 20s. Do you, mm-hmm. do you think it feels like there's more of a split between you now that you're like, now that we're adults, in quotation? Mm. Yeah, I think what you said before was perfect. When you're in your 20s, you're kind of going out every weekend and living your life and all that stuff. And I think if when you get a boyfriend when you're that age, like the probably the biggest change is that that like when someone's got a boyfriend, they and their friends might just meet you in the club that you're yeah. in on Saturday night. Like that's the biggest difference. Whereas now, like I have like a lot of my friends from back home and obviously a lot of our mutual friendship group as well are married and they've got mm-hmm. kids and they've got mortgages. And as someone that hasn't had any of those things, yeah. I don't understand the process of that and how stressful that is. And also what that's like living. I don't know what it's like to try and maintain a marriage. I don't know what it's like mm-hmm. to look after a kid. I know that's different for you. Um, I don't know what it's like to go through all the stress of owning a home. And like, if, something goes wrong and you've got to fix it like I don't understand any of that so I feel like when you're doing all three of those things especially a lot of what is going on with you like when you're like how was your day how was your week a lot of the the things that they would answer would be to do with that and they're all things that I don't really understand so it does make conversation topics harder and obviously if they ask me like how was your week what have you been up to and I'm like oh I fucking went to this bar and it was like 12 pound a drink and I went on this day and it was really shit and I was on dating apps and like they're all things that they don't understand too um so I think finding the common ground that you naturally had with your friends before yeah it's still fundamentally there because obviously you're friends with them because you like them but a lot of it is shared experiences and when 80% of your shared experiences are not shared anymore mm-hmm. it makes it a lot harder um so yeah I have definitely noticed shifts and I try to be really supportive and obviously like when they have babies and when they get married I'm nothing but happy for them and I'm they try to be supportive with me when I'm moaning about how awful dating is and all that stuff <laughs> but fundamentally there's only so much you can really say when you don't understand it mm-hmm. and it's hard yeah yeah it's funny because I've kind of like because I had Ava so young you know I was mm-hmm. 20 when I had her I've kind of always been outside of what everyone else is experiencing like through my 20s yeah. I was a mum while everyone else was partying and then mm. now we've hit our 30s and everyone's settling down and doing the kid thing and having babies and I'm like past that point and now I've got free time mm. again and it's like I'm I yeah. feel like I'm just constantly like not quite hitting it at the right time like I'm always doing yeah, the opposite. it's like you're always the opposite yeah I've like never really had that sort of completely shared experience thing it's weird like obviously don't get me wrong yeah. I, had, I had my party in 20s like god bless my mother and yeah. babysitting abilities but I still you know <laughs> had that responsibility and now it's like yeah. oh shit now everyone else is starting that responsibility and I'm so far past it it's really weird yeah it's yeah, I get that's just just as weird for sure yeah does it yeah. make you do you ever sometimes think because obviously everyone's got their own path and there's no timeline or set time when you should do stuff but does it ever make you feel like you've done it in the oh this is this is probably not an okay question does it ever make you feel like you've done it in the wrong order does it ever make you feel like you've done the wrong thing like everything's all wrong or do are you very much like that's just my path that's um, just their path whatever I think now I feel a lot more like that's just my path. I'm fine with it. I definitely have moments, I think like towards my, like the end of my twenties, I was having a lot of like, you know, you have that sort of self-reflection over the last decade and stuff. And I had a lot of Mm -hmm. like realizing that I didn't do all the things that you're meant to do in your twenties. I didn't get to be that free spirit, like who gives a fuck kind of person. Um, And then Mm -hmm. I turned 30 and I realized I can just do it now. So it's fine. Yeah. (laughs) Like I just, you know, I get every other weekend to be a fucking twat. Like I'm 21. It's like, (laughs) fuck it. (laughs) I'm fine with it. I mean, disclaimer, you're a fucking twat every day. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but I'm not always drunk. Do you think it's also, it gets harder as well when you start becoming like outnumbered by the, the marrieds? Like, I think when we're younger, you know, like a few of your friends get into serious relationships, a few people settle down, a few people get married. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, ah, shit, it's like all but like 
three of us in our like shared friendship group of four yeah. of us but you know um so I do think that and I think part of that as you said that there were two big aspects of that that kind of jumped out to me and one is the jealousy aspect um of wanting what they have yeah and the second thing is the common ground that I was talking about before it's hard when it's not like one person has changed and mm-hmm. everybody else is experiencing the same difficulties with that friendship. Um, it's when every you're the only one that's different. And like yeah. I said, my friends from back home, I'm the only single one. And there's only, I think there's only one that, that's not married. Oh, two that aren't married, but they're both engaged. <laughs> and there's only one that doesn't have kids out of 12 of us. Yeah, and I'm the only insane. single one. Yeah. Um, so... If, I've, if, if any of my girls are back over listening, I've got that wrong. I'm very sorry. I'm thinking of my feet. But for me, it's like they all have common ground. Yeah. And I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that makes it harder. It's not like one person's changed and the whole friendship group is like collectively making that adjustment. It's like the whole friendship group has changed and I have um like making that adjustment do you know what I mean yeah yeah definitely yeah and I think that sort of common ground thing like it does I'm sure for like our married friends it kind of looks like we're just replacing them with people who are similar and like yeah we kind of are because you need that shared experience with people like you need someone who you can moan to about how fucking shit it is who actually Mm. gets it in real time like you know people can be very sympathetic of it and people can like try and understand and be there and be great but sometimes you just need that person who is also in the fucking pits of hell I completely agree and I feel like it's just as important in the same way that it's important to maintain friendships with really good people that have changed so we're not Mm -hmm. like aligned in every aspect of our life anymore like my friends from back home all 12 of them I've been friends with for years and to me it's really important to maintain those friendships because bottom line they are really good people good interesting people that I like spending time with but I also completely believe that no matter what you've got going on in your life to be the best version of yourself you need someone that understands each aspect of that which is Uh why I think people form really strong good friendships at work because you need someone that understands what it's like at work Mm -hmm. I need someone that understands what it's like at work I need someone that understands what it's like to be single to like every aspect of my life I almost need someone that understands what it's like to be an aunt um like just everything that makes me me I think you need someone that is on the same level as that and just because and like you said relationships ebb ebb and flow but also your situation ebbs and flows so we've Mm -hmm. got a lot closer fundamentally that started because you were going through a breakup you knew for a fact that I had quite recently just gone through one so we connected on that level but now because I was going down this path and you all of a sudden joined it it's like and now we're both having the same experiences and I think that's what we we became close for one reason, but we've stayed close for the other. Yeah. And that is just as important as maintaining the friendships of old. Like, just because you're a newer friend yeah. doesn't mean you're less important. But also in no, the same sense, the most because, important. <laughs> well, but just because you're, they're an older friend that I'm not having these current experiences doesn't mean that they're less important yeah. than you. It's just 100%. all relevant. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. I totally agree. Yeah. And I think we, like as humans we do just look we look for that common experience as well that's you know like a lot of our friends are from more middle class backgrounds and I always need like some of my working class council estate friends to be Mm. like that balancing act because they understand my life better than somebody who didn't live it you know you whatever it is you always need to find people of that community that understands Mm -hmm. those experiences and I imagine it's the same way married that's why married couples always hang out isn't it like because yeah yeah. Get it. yeah, but I think also having those different people in your life for almost different reasons um, helps you to maintain all the other friendships. Yeah, because 100%. you can talk to people and you can be like, it doesn't. I'm talking to you about it, and obviously, I mean this in the nicest possible way. I'm talking to this person about it, but they don't really get it. But that's mm-hmm. okay because if I really need to, I go, I can go and talk yeah. to that person about it, and they do get it. Whereas I feel like if there was like a big situation in your life and you had no one to talk to about it, it would affect you. Yeah. And everyone around you. Yeah. So I think each each person that makes up your friendship group and all your different friendship groups that you've got basically help maintain your relationships with others. Do you yeah. see what I mean? Yeah, it's almost yeah. like every friendship has its like sort purpose. of purpose. Purpose, yeah. yeah. And 
Yeah. I think you're right. <laughs> that was very profound. Yeah, I know. And I think an important thing is to just embrace that particular friendship for what it is. Yeah. And I, in the past, have made mistakes of a friendship being one thing and then naturally turning into something else and me not liking it and me really force mm-hmm. trying to force it back into that box. And I've learned that you just have to let it go and things change and you needed this person for this reason and you enjoyed this person for this reason, but their situation has changed or your situation has changed and and you now have them for something else and that's okay. Yeah. And it took me a while to realise that. Yeah, it is Mm. difficult. It's like there's a weird sort of possessiveness over friends a lot of the time, I think. And it can be really hard when you feel that friendship starting to drift, whether it's because they've met a partner, they've got married, they've met new friends, like whatever it is, Mm -hmm. it can be really hard to not take that as like, oh my God, they don't love me anymore. Like I've been replaced. But in actual Mm -hmm. fact, no, like we all have super complex life, lives with like a million different people involved in it. And Mm -hmm. the importance and the amount you talk with those people is always going to be like a wave and it's going to change. And yeah, Yeah. it's hard to accept, but yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. It's a thing that happens in life. It is a thing. Although if you stop talking to me, I will actually murder you. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Noted. (laughs) Doesn't count with you. I literally wasn't even like, ah, I was like, yeah, I know that. (laughs) No matter what happens, no matter what, like, yeah. Yeah, I got you. (laughs) Thanks, Bex. I really appreciate it. Um, so we're in our thirties. So everyone's getting fucking married, aren't they? Weddings are fun when you're single, aren't they? There's this like trope from the movies. If you go to a wedding single, there will be this array of beautiful single men, and you'll always pull at every wedding you ever go to. In actual fact, you know everyone there already, and they're all fucking mm-hmm. married as well. <laughs> And then you realise you're the only single... You literally went to a wedding and you were the only single person there, right? No, so last year... (laughs) This is a fucking story now, I think about it. (laughs) So last year, I went to a wedding and I was the only single girl. And the only single boy was someone that I had previously... Oh, yeah. And as much as much as he was really nice and disclaimer, I haven't got a bad word to say about him. I didn't want to do it again. Um, And... It was just pretty much like, I, I really felt like I kind of had to. Yeah, but did didn't it feel like to. everyone was kind of like egging it on because you were the two yeah. single ones? And not, yeah, and not in like a spiteful way. I think once no. I, because I got a bit upset at that wedding, I found it quite hard. And I don't know why it was that wedding in particular, but I'd, like, I didn't make a big deal out of it obviously I just I there was a point in that wedding where I felt really lonely like mm-hmm. I felt I really it was really like kind of apparent to me that I was on my own so I kind of took myself outside and had like a cigarette and a little cry and then a couple of my friends just like came and found me and they just thought I was smoking and when they came over they were like fucking hell are you okay and I was like yeah I'm not making a big song and dance out about like I don't I just want to just let me sit here all I need to do is cry for two minutes smoke my cigarette and then I'll be done and it'll be fine and it was um but yeah it was hard and it's like I think being surrounded by love and again it's a jealousy thing you want that for yourself yeah um but also it's it is I think a wedding is one of the worst places to feel lonely yeah because it feels extra and I can't heavy. even yeah and I can't really even put my finger on why because all my friends were there and it wasn't like they were all in their couples like being in love and kissing and ignoring me like that wasn't what they were yeah. doing at all and I think that was part of the reason why I just took myself off because I wasn't mad at anyone. No one had done anything. I wasn't singled out. I wasn't left on my own. I didn't know why I felt like that, but I just did. So I was like, just go and have a little cry, get over it and you'll be fine. I think Um, it's just a reminder of what you don't have, isn't it? Like you're so happy for your friends and it's amazing and you're so glad to see them in love. But it's just a real like slap in the face of like, "Ah, but you don't have this and you're not even fucking close to having it. And when you've been to wedding after wedding after wedding on your own, it just starts to wear yeah. you down. And I think that's totally normal. And it's not like we're out there causing mm. a big scene and ruining someone's day or like resenting yeah. them for yeah. it. But it is that it's <laughs> jealousy and you can't you can't help what you feel jealous of. Like it's an emotion just like yeah. any other. And obviously jealousy is not an attractive trait. So I didn't want to make a big deal. And everyone's like, why is Morph crying? And, she's, and I'm like, because I want this for myself and I hate <laughs> you for having it. Like that's not, that wasn't the thing. I was like, I just drink over the bride. Yeah. 
I was like, I just need a moment. The bride it was actually one of my best friends from back home as well. So I was like, it's not an option. No, I was like, I just need a moment to sit and acknowledge that it's okay to be jealous and it's okay mm-hmm. to be sad and it's okay to be lonely. Get it out of your system and then go and have a laugh with your mates. Yeah. Like I said, they was all they was all there. It wasn't like they was all sneaking off and I was just sitting there on my own. Like that absolutely wasn't yeah, the case at all. Um so it was purely just I need a I need a minute. I need a mm. moment. Yeah. It does yeah. get a bit much. I think also like you know when everyone gets on the dance floor, like towards the end of the first dance. Yeah. That moment is always stress. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, do you know what? Give them their dues. I was standing there talking to um my friend Joe, whose partner is called Harry. And when that happened, they both walked onto the dance floor and they grabbed my hand and us three all danced together. It was that, really cute, actually. Like, yeah. That is what you need to do to your single friends. Yeah. Because that moment, if yeah. everyone gets on the dance floor and you're stood there on your own, like, oh, yeah. okay then. It's yeah. horrible. I always, if there's kids yeah. at the wedding, I'm always like, I'll dance with the children. <laughs> That's me sorted. Yeah. They were all really great at their wedding. They all yeah. did little things like that. It was good. To be fair, I say that, but then I, well, even when I was in a relationship and we went to multiple weddings together and he was never anywhere to mm. be seen during that moment. So I always ended up dancing with our friend Finch instead. Oh, nice. He was, we literally used to joke that he's my wedding date. So <laughs> he was more reliable. It was better. Fucking hell, um, that sounds healthy. <laughs> wasn't it just? <laughs> you were at multiple yeah. of those weddings and you know. I think we just need to normalise giving plus ones out so people could single people could just bring a mate <laughs> i think that's hard though because i know, I know. that was me i i wouldn't want my wedding to be like 20 percent people i don't know oh yeah it's gonna be someone you just know to make them feel better but you know i'm basically your oh, yeah. wife if you're going to a wedding i, I should know but like say if work. one of my friends from back home had a wedding they're not like they wouldn't yep. know you well, tough shit. They've got to invite me now. <laughs> I think if you're invited to a wedding and the only person that you know is the bride or groom, mm-hmm. it would be nice if yes. you could have a plus one, even if it was just for the evening. Yeah, even Agreed. if like Because obviously when you're sitting there eating, you're kind of forced to sit to the people next mm-hmm. to you. So that's not as bad. But like when the party starts, it's very easy that if you don't know anyone else, for all those people to just get up and go. Yeah, totally um, agree. So yeah, and I don't necessarily would uh, would say that it's like um, brides and grooms have to pay for a stranger to eat yeah just because you're on your own like I don't necessarily agree with that but I think if I do think it would be nice if a plus one was there for you if they know you don't know anyone else if you've got like five Mm -hmm. or six people there that you know just make sure you sit them on the same table as them like it's not a big deal yeah I think that's more what I mean I think I totally agree Mm. like because I went to a wedding a couple years ago and literally only knew the bride and her parents I didn't even I hadn't even met the groom before that day um and I was in a relationship at that point so I had him with me but yeah Mm -hmm. that sort of situation if I'd been on my own oh it'd been horrendous well, I've actually got a um, a dilemma about weddings that I need to talk to you about. Oh, God, what? Are you engaged? Uh, no. <laughs> no. So I've been invited to a wedding next year. Yeah. With, um, and it's my absolutely amazing friend Grace and her um, fiancé now, Josh, who yeah. I know. Fundamentally, the reason I know them is because Josh used to live with my ex. Yeah. Um when I first met him and I've been invited to their wedding next year, but it's in Spain. And the only people that I'm going to know there are Josh and Grace, my ex and my ex's best friend and his wife and no one else. Mm -hmm. And I don't know whether to go or not, because obviously I love Grace and Josh. Mm -hmm. I would love nothing more than to see them get married. And the fact that I'm even like invited, I'm like absolutely over the moon. Um, but that's a real, I think, I'm sure you can appreciate that's a really, like, awkward, problematic, potentially <gasps> fucking dangerous situation. Oh. So I really don't know what to do. And it's not like it's in England, so I could just be like, do you know what, I'm just going to come in the evening, pop yeah. there for a couple of hours. If it's really super fucking weird, I'll go. Like, I, I can't do that. It's abroad. And it's been on my mind a lot. I don't trust you with the combination of <laughs> wedding, holiday alcohol and x not to make a really stupid decision (laughs) that is my only thing i can say i just i know how it's gonna end and yeah i oh it is hard because of course you want to go but and i would be absolutely devastated to say no is he gonna be in the wedding 
Yeah, his groomsman. <laughs> <laughs> How is this my life? This is literally like something from a fucking soap opera. Like, uh, are they going to do... a plot of a shit American rom-com, isn't it? It really Definitely. is. Yeah. Are they going to do like a reception back in the UK for people who can't go abroad? No, I don't think so. Ah, bollocks. Because I was like, if you're going to do a UK wedding, count me there. Yeah. And they're going to do, I think because they're getting married abroad, they have to legally get married here first. But mm-hmm. it's just like them two. Yeah. And Grace's mum and um, Josh's parents and brother, I think. Yeah. So it's not like a thing. I don't know. It's hard. And it's also, it's a lot of money to spend to spend a weekend with your ex. <laughs> like put it like that that's literally yeah, what you're doing you'll be spending that money to go on holiday with your ex-boyfriend unless I just bite the bullet and say look you're a groomsman you're definitely booking a hotel room can I just sleep in with you because it's cheaper <laughs> I will actually fucking murder you to death if you even try and suggest that to me ever again that was a joke was it though <laughs> <laughs> For um, listeners, <laughs> for listeners, sir, there was a very sneaky little side eye from our dear Morticia that I don't mm. appreciate. Yes, it would be cheaper. I think it'd be cheaper financially, but think how much it would cost you emotionally. Yeah, it costs a lot in therapy as well. I think the problem with this is obviously I know what the sensible decision is, but <laughs> which is to not go. Of course. But leading with my heart, and I don't mean in terms of my ex. I mean in terms of seeing some of my really good friends have the most important day of their life is really really is gonna it's gonna be like it's just gonna be really hard to say no to that it's never it's never easy to turn down a wedding invite but no I'm, i'm sure when grace mentioned it to you she she knows exactly how fucking awkward and weird the oh, whole situation completely. is, right? Everyone's very aware of how awkward this is. <laughs> if you go, I'm going to come with you and just stay in the hotel room. So I'm just there. Oh God, <laughs> I won't come to the wedding. But I'll be there as your human chastity belt. If he even tries to waggle no. his dick near you, I will cut it off with a pair of garden shears. Mia, I, I, can't, I can't have you within a two-mile radius of my ex. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't run that risk. <laughs> I think the only reason he's been safe so far is because you live so far away. If you lived in London, I don't think he'd still be alive. Oh my god, think of the like true crime documentary though. It'd be like murder at the wedding. One couple in paradise for the happiest day of their life turns to murder. Perhaps I should just accept this for what it is and get a Francis Bourgeois style headcam and just record the whole thing. Oh, you could just live stream the whole thing. For like a Netflix documentary, yeah. <laughs> on on how to not live your life <laughs> so i just got i just pictured your face with that like camera angle that he uses and then the thought of that being on netflix is just like... the best thing in the world <laughs> oh, oh dear gosh. well yeah so um i mean i would i would go because i'm a fucking idiot but if, if I'm saying I would do it, that should be reason enough for you to go, yeah, this is a really bad idea. Yeah, I was going to say, that's enough to make me think, okay, well, I probably shouldn't do that then. Yeah, exactly. So there you go. I'm glad we got there. I'll just carry, I'll just carry on thinking about it, stressing <laughs> about it, and having anxiety about it, worrying about it. It's fine. I mean, if it wasn't this, it'd be someone else. So you might as well focus on this thing for a while. <sighs> yeah. Okay, fine. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. I kind of monopolised that. Um... No, I'm glad we had that discussion. Um, and I'm. I thought I'm you'd sh- shout at me. Thanks for not shouting at me. Just very conscious of our listeners' ears. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. You'll shout at me once we stop recording. I'm shouting on the inside, <laughs> and I'm sure plenty okay. of the <laughs> listeners will as well. Please, <laughs> yeah. everyone, shout at me. Actually, yeah. If, if any listeners got advice on what they think I should do yes. for this wedding, please feel free to let me know. Yeah, please, because we're not the right people to turn to for advice. We know this. No, and I feel like if enough people are literally like, "What are you even thinking about? Do not go." Then you'll definitely go. (laughs) Okay, no more wedding chat. I can't deal with it. (laughs) Okay, instead, (laughs) let's talk about how it feels like you're being left behind. Oh, okay, fine. Let's do it. (laughs) I think a lot of the the stress when your friends are all settled and you're very not is that feeling of like, shit, 
I should have done that by now. And then, mm. like, have I missed the boat? Have I run out of time? You know, with marriage and kids and all the things that come with that settled status. And I think yeah. that is something that can really, like, make hanging out with your friends quite painful at times. I mean, yeah, I think for you, obviously, I don't have this one. But do you have that with, like, friends who have children or friends that are pregnant and baby showers and all the things that go with it? Is it at times, like... yeah. Yeah. And so I'm going back home tomorrow to see two of my friends who have both had babies, like relatively the same friendship group. So they know each other as well. But they had babies within two days of each other last um, week. Which oh, my God, that's so cute. I know, it's so cute. Um, So I'm going back to see them tomorrow. And obviously, I am so desperate to see the mums of both those babies who I'm friends with, because I love them. And I want to know yeah. all about it. And I want to see them, meet the babies for the first time. And I'm very excited. And I'm very happy. And there was not one part of me that felt forced to go and do that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to see them because I want to see the mothers and the babies and the dads. And I want to show them all loads of love and give them loads of cuddles. Yeah. Um, but also I know a part of me is literally going to walk in and see, especially because for both of these friends, it's their first childs. Mm-hmm. So I am used to not seeing them as mums or dads. Um, so I think when I'm holding the baby and when I'm talking to him about it, it's, I'm just going to be like, Oh, like this is what I want. And I can Mm -hmm. see like, it's just going to basically be like loads of things have changed. And because they're parents now, and last time I saw them, they weren't parents. And while I'm happy for them, like I am going to be like, I wish like like next time you saw me, I was a parent. Like I wish I I had this change come in. Do you know what I mean? And like, I think part of it is that I know that, that change isn't even on the horizon. It's not like I'm pregnant. So I'm like, okay, yeah. in nine months time, I'm going to have that change. Like, it's just, I don't know if I ever will. And obviously anything like that, it's like anytime there's someone, anything you want that you, you can't have and somebody else gets it, getting engaged, mm-hmm. having a baby, moving into a nice house, yeah. getting a mortgage, having a wedding, all of Shagging those things. When you're con- <laughs> yeah. When you're confronted with them, there is a certain aspect of you that is like, it. being confronted with that is making me sad. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that you like, don't want that for your friends you I want that for everyone I just want it for me too yeah and it is just it it is hard when it feels like it's everyone but doesn't it like I think that's Mm. the thing as well like I think other than one other friend everyone I know who wants children now Mm -hmm. has them yeah and it's like yeah it's rough and the same with like well no not the same with marriage I think I know quite a few people that want marriage and aren't anywhere close to that but yeah I don't even know if I want that anymore I just want someone to like stroke my face <laughs> lie on top of me yeah I think that's the thing we always talk about it but we've all always said I, th- I think it's important that people understand that we're not out here searching for fathers to our kids or husbands because that is what society expects of us yeah I want that because to me, that means that you've got a loving family unit and someone that loves you and someone that loves you enough to want to do those really big like commitment things with you. I mean, I'm definitely Um, not searching for another father to my kids because I've done that terribly twice so far. (laughs) If anything, that's the last thing I'm looking for. Okay. Um, do you do you ever worry as well because I have this quite a lot like I have this it's so stupid this is such a societal pressure and such bullshit but I'm like getting to that point where I'm like I'm getting too old though like if I got married now it'd just be a bit tacky like I couldn't have the big wedding because it's like you're old do you ever have that worry Uh, no because no I don't because I'm like I don't have the worry that if it happens, it will be tacky. I have the worry that it will never happen. So I would oh, yeah, care that too. if I look like a fucking dried raisin because I didn't get married until I was 78 years old. If I've got the opportunity to get married, I'm fucking getting married. Okay, I don't care what I look like. <laughs> I don't care if I look like the actual fucking crypt keeper. You actually look married. like Miss, ha- Miss Havisham. <laughs> yeah. I'm walking down that aisle, even if you have to push me down there in a fucking coffin getting married <laughs> can you imagine funeral and marriage all at once can you actually do that if I die can you just ask someone to marry my corpse I'll marry your corpse so I can say that I did yeah okay fair thanks that was easy that was easy if only, if only everything else was that easy 
If fucking only. Why is it so hard? Like, I know we say this all the time, but Jesus fucking Christ, like, people make it look so easy. And it's like, it's nobody. But thinking about this, you know, we always bang on about how awful the dating apps are. Yeah. Do you know anyone that has got a boyfriend within the last two years from a dating app? Because I don't. Everyone I know is either was either in a relationship before. Well, yeah, they was in a relationship before. Not a Oh, uh, actually, no. We've got one friend. Of oh day, shit! Yeah, his partner at work, but not off an app. I don't know anyone that's met someone off an app in the last two years. Yeah, one of our close friends did, but okay. she also. To be fair, though, like. The funniest thing about that one is he was doing the full, like, I don't want anything serious. I just want, like, some casual fun. And she was like, okay, cool. And then he was the one that within, like, five minutes was like, let's be together. Let's move in together. To be fair, that's because she's incredible. I'm like, don't tell me that, because that gives me hope. Yeah. She is great, though. We do pick good friends, so I'm not surprised that happened to her. Oh, yeah. Like, she she deserves it. Yeah. Definitely. So do we. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, apart from that one person, I'm going to take that one person as like a rarity because of all the people I know on the apps. Yeah. No one. It's no not one. like every other weekend you're getting They're dead. I mean, people at work, They're literally... younger people as well. It's not even people my age, like the grads at work and stuff, like people that are not in the same situation as I am I just don't know anyone no one comes in and they're like oh my god I've got a boyfriend now I met him on hinge like just never no it's fully died like a few years ago I knew multiple people that got married after meeting on the apps like Mm. talking like five six years ago and now it's just the only people I hear talking about the apps are saying how shit it is and how they've been on a few dates and then this guy turned out to be a psychopath throughout a few dates this girl turned out to be a bunny boiler. Like, it's just not... I don't think it's a viable option anymore. But like we've said a million times, what other fucking options are there? No, there's no other option. <sighs> and I do think, I know we've said it a million times and I stand by it. I think since COVID, the apps mm-hmm. have just met, have just gone weird. I just think since COVID, like, human connection has gone fucking weird and like we thought it was going to bring us all together and in actual fact it's turned people into worse versions of who they already were it's weird there was that moment there was a really brief moment where it was like the best of humanity everyone was coming together and supporting each other Mm. and then something shifted and we've all gone everyone's just extra like fuck you each other I mean, I certainly thought that once everything opened back up again, everyone would be craving like a real genuine human connection yeah. so much that you wouldn't get fuckboys on the apps because the fuckboys would be like, do you know what? That's made me realise that I don't want to be on my own. I want to settle down. You're overestimating fuckboys here. <laughs> did not do that at all. Everyone was just like, I need no. to go and fuck. I need to fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, you know that re- there's like, there's always like one day, especially in London, like it'll be a really hot day. It's like a Friday and everyone's at oh. like, and the whole it's just charged it is just this like sexual feral energy but Mm. that was the whole fucking world and it hasn't changed since post-covid everyone's just stayed feral i might get a tattoo that says stay feral (gasps) i might get oh feral's five letters i was gonna say that could be when you knuckle tattoo (laughs) yeah that wouldn't work you'd have to be like stay feral (laughs) so something else which grinds my gears is occasionally when you're hanging out with all married people and mm-hmm. you're the only single person at a dinner at drinks mm-hmm. you can kind of start to feel like you're literally there just to provide entertaining of your depressing dating life mm-hmm. and to tell the stories of bad dates and bad sex and just mm-hmm. general shit mm-hmm. and it can just kind of feel like you're there as like a performing monkey mm-hmm. and it is exhausting mm-hmm it's not a question it's just (laughs) just a statement (laughs) see the only thing I would say for that is I think I am just as guilty as making it like that because I do have times where definitely situations my friends are like so how's it going and they're up for a normal chat but I turn it into this big fucking bit like this comedy sketch because if I didn't laugh I'd cry so the only way I can actually get through conversations like that sometimes is to just turn it into a massive performance joke uh so i I wouldn't necessarily yeah i wouldn't necessarily like sometimes people are like oh my god tell me like the worst thing that's ever happened to you and i'm like Mm -hmm. not not quite up for that but a lot of the time (laughs) it turns into me providing the entertainment because i turn it into entertainment because if i didn't it would be trauma and i can't deal with it (laughs) shit yeah fuck you're right i'm blaming the married it's actually just my fucking defense mechanism i mean this whole fucking podcast is what we do Yeah, I know. We've literally, this, this whole thing could easily be crying in a therapist's office, but instead we've turned it into laughing with your mate. 
Like genuinely, this entire podcast, every episode we've done could be a really traumatic therapy session, but it's not. We've turned it into a funny podcast because we're both oh, like, that's our defense mechanism. Bollocks. Oh my God. Bollocks. I'm having a nervous breakdown in front of your eyes just realizing that. Fuck. Oh my God. Yeah. I am a perform monkey, but I'm also the person with the whip making me perform. Yeah. We're little puppets, but we've also pulling the strings on ourselves. Do 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 Ah, shit. All right, well, strike that from the record. I'll shut the fuck yeah. up. Yeah. <sighs> Once again, we've realised we're the problem. <laughs> Literally. What is it? This series, I swear, every episode of series two, one of us has, or both of us has gone, ah, oh, fuck, it's us. Yeah, it's actually us, yeah. <laughs> And I bet our friends are listening, thinking, thank God, another thing we can check Finally. off the list that they're blaming us for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're like, okay, get the list out. They've worked out another thing that's not our fault. Perfect. <laughs> they, they've got their own WhatsApp group with like a spreadsheet in it. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't bollocks. actually think. Some of our friends could be guilty of that like once or twice, but I certainly think. 95% of the time it's me and you doing that to ourselves I do think sometimes like I've definitely got some married friends especially people who have been together for a very long time who mm. kind of do the whole like so what's it like in single life like let me live vicariously through you kind of vibe and it's mm. like it's shit that's what it's like and then like, and you know they'll be like oh, shit being married too and I'm like yeah it's all shit but, but just like, different you're, shit. you're looking <laughs> Yeah, you're looking at me like the grass is greener out here. Trust me, it fucking ain't. The grass is dead. There is no grass. It's a desert. The only thing I would say about that is I don't feel like my closest friends do that. I feel like the people Mm. that are like, oh, my God, you're single. Tell me about an awful day are the people that you're not that close to. Because when you're close to them, they know all this in real life. They've already heard about your awful (laughs) days. Yeah. Yeah. so yeah, and I do think that's almost comes from like a a level of like unawareness or like a lack of sensitivity mm-hmm. that's not intended. It's almost like a conversation piece. Yeah, something um, with, to talk about. Yeah, with people that you're not like they can be your friends, but like my best friends don't need to know yeah. that because they know it. And I mean, obviously now yeah. anyone that's even fucking heard our name once doesn't need to ask us because they can just listen to this podcast. <laughs> No one ever needs to talk to us again, basically. <laughs> I've definitely, yeah, I've definitely had a few women, maybe a couple of men, be very like, I'm so jealous you just get to be out there and like you could just have sex anytime you want and all this. And I find it really like infantilizing and patronizing. And also, sorry. you're married. You can have sex whenever you fucking want. I, if there's one thing I cannot do, it is have sex whenever <laughs> I want. Have you met me? Oh my god! Wow, that's actually really annoyed me. Because <laughs> if anyone even yeah. dared say that to me, I would be like, "You fucking go home and listen to our podcast, and you come." Back <laughs> yeah, and tell no me idea, my friend. That I could have sex whenever I want. <laughs> but talking about like insensitivity with stuff like that, the sort of lack of understanding and forgetfulness of how rough it actually is when you're single, mm. and the sort of the well-meaning, but fucking shit and annoying advice that mm-hmm. people try and give in in you know they're trying to be supportive they're trying to help mm-hmm. but having someone who met their boyfriend 15 years ago <laughs> I'd be mad tell you well this is how I met my husband mm. or have you tried this and it's just like I've tried everything and it's so hard and if you get upset about it for some reason, it's us that looks like we're being the arsehole. Yeah, because I think they're thinking, I'm just trying to help you. And yeah. I think the biggest factor with that is, is that they really do not understand how different it is. Yeah. And I think a lot of people would expect 15 years ago to now to be this different. But people really, really, really need to understand that pre-COVID dating yeah. and post-COVID dating are so different. So unless, unless you're coming to me with genuine experience and um, advice on how you have done something post-COVID, then mm-hmm. I'm sorry, as much as we know you're well-meaning and we love you for it, I'm not really going to pay much attention to it because, and I think that like the people that do that and the married people, obviously I've got the best intentions. They love us. We love them. They're just trying to help. 
Um, and there's absolutely not one part of me that just that is like annoyed about it. But I do think you don't get it. And I think like the married people would listen to this and be like, yeah, I guess it's different, but it can't be that different. It is that different. It, it is to the point where I, I can't even get my head around how different it is. It was hard enough anyway. And I think, and that's the common ground, the shared experience. I think everyone knows that when you're single and you're trying to meet someone, it is difficult. It's never been easy. But oh my God, yeah. I would take dating before my ex any day over this. Same. Absolute same. It's like Mad Max out there now. It's literally like a dystopian future where everyone's an arsehole. (laughs) Yeah, and it was it was unfortunate for me because I didn't even get a small taster of yeah of pre-COVID dating because obviously we split up in December two thousand and nineteen, and then COVID happened in March, and in that three month period, I could barely even wipe my own ass, so I was not dating. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, my only experience, it was literally pre-ex dating. And then once I was ready to date again, it was post-COVID dating. So I didn't have the luxury of, like, the little sweet spot beforehand. And obviously you didn't either because you split up after COVID, didn't you? So Yeah. Yeah, like, the last time I was dating was, like, (laughs) fucking nearly a decade ago. Actually, work it out. The last time I was dating was 2012. 13, 2013. So 10 years ago. Yeah. I think same. Oh, actually, no, mine must have been was... 2014 then. I think I was I think I was 24 when we got together, so that was 2014, 2015. So, yeah, 2013, 14, when I was, like, last dating. Yeah. I mean, it didn't go well then, to be fair. I just got chlamydia <laughs> off a Welsh guy that was really shit in bed. It was such a shit way of getting it as well. Like, if you're going to give oh. me an STD, at least make me calm. Oh, at least make it worse. That's just my rules, all right? (laughs) Oh, that's really upsetting. Yeah, it wasn't great. And then I gave it to my ex on our first date. Oh. Have I not told you that before? My God. Oh, my God. And the worst, so I then went for my first smear. And um, so this story has layers of just how ridiculous and hilarious it is. So first of all, I went to say to her, like, while I'm here, can can you do an STD swab as well but instead of saying that I said while you're down there um and speculum was already in place by this point she burst out laughing I burst out laughing and spat the speculum across the room (laughs) so that was my first ever smear test experience then I was taking Ava for her top-up jabs so I was downstairs at the doctor's surgery in the nurse's office getting her jabs when the doctors started ringing me, I looked at my phone. I was like, oh, how weird that like, you guys are ringing me while I'm here. Answer the phone. It's I'm holding my child who's like cry, about to start crying. She's about to get a needle stuck in her. Um, and it's the doctor going, hey, just to let you know, your swabs came back and you've tested positive for chlamydia. Um, when can you come in to pick up some meds? I was like, oh, I'm actually here now. <laughs> and she was like, oh, just look on the system. Oh, yeah. So then she doesn't just wait for me to finish. She comes into the room where I'm holding my screaming child getting jabs to hand me over fucking antibiotics for the oh. raging chlamydia inside my vagina. And I've never felt like a better mother in my life. That's not on. I mean, it was pretty funny. That's not okay. Yeah, so that was my one and only experience with an STI. Well, fuck. (laughs) I I genuinely don't know how to respond to that. It's good, isn't it? It's a good story. Uh, But now I I get tested every three months and I've never been positive for anything since. I'm a very responsible hoe. Well done, you, for not being good. My my next pack is coming tomorrow for my testing. Cute. And it's What's the HIV thing? and syphilis one. I do HIV every six months. SH24 for anyone who's looking for it. It's a postal service. It's actually really good. You just do it all yourself. You can do the full work. So you have to do the swab, the vaginal swab, or the I, I, I don't know if it's a swab or a piss sample from men anymore. I'm not sure. How do you do it without a speculum though? You don't need a speculum. It's just a swab. You just shove it up your vag. When you Please. go to an STD clinic, they don't use a speculum. It's not your cervix. It's just the inside of your vagina. Okay. Thanks, Doctor. Um, and then yeah. for the HIV and syphilis ones, you have to do like a finger prick and blood blood sample. It's really quick and easy, and you get your results in days. And it's free for everyone in England, 
I don't think they do Scotland for some reason, but I think they do do Wales as well. Look at that intel. Love that. I just feel like the amount I talk about how much of an irresponsible twat I am every now and then, I'd just like to give some good advice out into the world. Yeah. I feel like my anxiety levels are so high. I've now having an existential crisis about whether I've got HIV or not. <laughs> when did you last get my, tested? I don't. Mm, my smear in December. So now, when you have a smear, they're often like, "Do you want me to do like the STD tests as well?" So I said, "Yeah." Did you have blood? And you had blood work as well? No. So I don't think I have ever had a HIV test. No HIV has to be blood work. Yeah, can we not talk order about this? Order a kit. I'm going to throw Just order a kit. <laughs> okay, thanks. Order a kit. I'll send you the link now. I'll link it in the show notes as well, so it's extra easy for everyone. There you go. Okay, cool. Just doing thanks. good in the world. Um, well, this this has gone off piece as usual, but I think mm-hmm. it's quite a good place to end on a yes. lecture about... Well, not a lecture. With lecture Advi- advice. But also, go and get disease. fucking tested, yeah. please. For the good of mankind. And if you're going to fuck a guy without a Johnny, ask him when he last got tested too and ask for proof. The end. Okay, cool. Well, that was a good little chat. I hope we haven't pissed off all of our friends at this <laughs> stage. <laughs> if we have, we're sorry. We love you. And thanks for your advice. Yeah. That is fundamentally sometimes useless, but we appreciate it anyway. But also just stop. <laughs> please. <laughs> just sometimes. Sometimes what, what your single friends on to hear is just oh my god that is so fucking shit I don't know how you're doing it but you know what there's a there's a few of our mutual friends that are very good at doing that yeah 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 definitely it's that whole thing of like do you want advice or do you want sympathy it's such an important just ask that when someone's ranting at you just ask that simple question Mm. and it changes communication it's fucking amazing I love it we do it to each other all the time don't we yeah and it does, yeah. it makes such a difference. Like, are you just ranting because you want me to agree that it's shit or do you want me to actually try and give you solutions here? Well, it also means that if you're the person on the receiving end of that rant, you're not going to do anything to piss that other person off. Because if you say, yeah. do you want advice or do you want to rant? And they're like, I just want to rant. And then if you're like, well, you need to do this, 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 they'd be like, fuck off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you don't, you don't run into that. You're just like, okay, I'm just going to be like a vessel for you to spew all your shit into and I'll take it and listen to it. Or you'd be like, if you didn't yeah. need me to help you, I will help you. And it shows that you're listening as well. It really makes me feel heard yeah. when people say that to me. Like they don't care about what I'm about to say next. It's like my favourite thing. It makes such a difference in communication. Everyone should do it all the time. Do you know what as well? Sorry to sorry to um, jump in. Last thing, on our TikTok that we posted, I can't remember if it was our most recent one, because obviously when people reply to TikTok videos, it's all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um and it was really nice, actually. Some a lady whose name I can't remember left a comment and basically said, I am now in a relationship and I really struggle to support my single friends. Do you have any advice? And then the amount of people on TikTok that. that replied and was like, do you know how fucking amazing it is that you've even asked that question? Like, yeah, and I, I was like, I was really like, that is so nice that you care enough that you're asking external people if we've got any tips on what you can say yeah. to your single friends. That I shows that you're a fucking great friend. Yeah. Like, really, yeah. really great friend. If she's listening to this, you're the OG. Well, she bloody better be. <laughs> oh, yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Speaking of, please do follow us on TikTok and Instagram, both at I'm Good Actually Podcast. Um, And if you're not getting enough of us in your life, which, like, fair enough, I get why you want more. You can also subscribe to our Patreon and see some chaotic, behind the scenes, unedited versions of what you're getting here. And trust me, there's a lot of shit that gets edited out. (laughs) A lot. Um, and also if you're rich you can pay to go on a night out with me and Mosh so I'm just saying it's worth it hundy p do it yeah so yeah please keep listening rate and review love us subscribe us tell us how awesome we are and send this to your married friends if they're pissing you off with their advice (laughs) and on that note love you bye bye You didn't say love you. Okay. Love you. Bye.